0: This is Counsel for Life, a podcast engaging conversations about mental health and the Christian life with licensed biblical counselors Beth Brown and Eliza Huey.
1: Welcome back to Counsel for Life and I am Eliza and I'm Beth. And we are, as always, so glad that you have joined us today. And we are in the middle of a series that we have been doing to help you know how to better get equipped in the area of biblical counseling. And I hope you've enjoyed the various speakers that we've had or guests that we've had and the way that they've been able to share just different avenues that you can get trained and learn more about biblical counseling. And today, I am thrilled to have a good friend of mine join us today. Today, we have Alistair Grove from CCEF. Hi, Alistair. It's great to have you.
0: Hey, Eliza. Thanks for having me.
1: Yes. Well, Alistair, for those of you who don't know, is the Executive Director at CCEF, which stands for, Alistair, why don't you share what it stands for?
0: (laughs) It is kind of a mouthful. You can see why we use CCEF instead. It's the Christian Counseling and Educational Foundation.
1: Right. Very good. So if that is something that you have not heard of before, I would encourage you to look in our show notes and go check them out for sure. And as you listen, you're going to understand why you will definitely want to uh, check them out. So he is the executive director, as I mentioned, and he has an MDiv with a counseling emphasis from Westminster Theological Seminary, which is just right across the street from CCEF. And we had uh, Darby Strickland on before, and she talked about CCEF being a castle, which it literally is it looks like right i mean quite there beautiful. are
0: ramparts on the walls
1: <laughs> it's beautiful and so they're right across the street from each other and so that's where he got his degree and he is uh, also the founder of the new england um office or center for counseling that was connected that is connected with ccef as well and alistair served as um was the, the director of ccef school of counseling biblical counseling for a while yep yeah, yeah. and that's where we met. I don't know if you remember that, but you were my teacher when I was going through the um, certificate program at CCEF.
0: I remember it well. In fact, that was even before I was director of the school. That was just as a uh, cutting my teeth as an instructor. You were my very first uh, class of students I ever had. And it made me want to do this whole thing forever. So you were delightful.
1: Well, I'm glad I had such
0: an influence Wait, yeah,
1: Eliza,
2: wow, that's high praise. You're like the <laughs> reason, it sounds like.
0: She, she herself, <laughs> the other students in the cohort as well. Uh, really a lot. Actually,
1: yeah, that's what I heard you say was me.
0: <laughs> you heard right, you heard right.
1: Oh, goodness, no. Well, could you just share with our listeners a little bit more about you, your family, where you live, where you're calling us from?
0: Yeah. Sure, yeah. I um, I am married Uh, My wife's name is Lauren. We've been married, pushing on towards 20 years here in the not-too-distant future. Uh, I have three kids, Emily, Adara, and Alden who are 12 10 and seven and they love it when I mention their names in context like this so I can tell them yep I talked to you and lots of people are going to hear about you guys so they're very (laughs) excited about that I don't think they really totally get it but uh but they'll be excited um live in the um northern woods of New Hampshire uh actually just this morning I went out snowshoeing and it was negative 10 when I uh clapped on my my snowshoes and just went out in the snow drifts and it was an absolute blast through the through the woods between home and office which is about five ten minutes away um looking out at a bunch of snow on the ground right now i um you yeah, know i i enjoy music uh i enjoy the outdoors i love to read um I am a homebody more than mm-hmm. an adventure person at this point in my life. And have and probably been growing increasingly in that way in my head. Uh, I think I'm about 63 already. Uh, <laughs> my, my body hasn't quite caught up with me, but uh, yeah, I, I love what I do. Awesome. Um, love getting to be in the director position at, at CCF and just, I, I have a heart and a passion that I didn't realize until fairly, uh, recently for just seeing, um, good structures in organizations yeah. thinking through how do we work well together. So I, I love to create content, I love to counsel, but I actually find that I actually I love the administrative structural undergirding side of how does your organization grow and thrive and evolve.
1: Wow. Well, they are sure are very blessed to have you then with all of those interests that you have and and for those of you listening in warmer climates, uh Alistair will be able to use those snowshoes probably all the way into like May, June, who knows. <laughs> New yeah, probably
2: I'm like April. in I'm, I'm I'm in Dallas and I'm just I can't I can't wrap my head around it. I'm like you snowshoe <laughs> what you did what? <laughs> also, why? <laughs>
1: but it's just because I'm not used to
0: it. (laughs) You have to embrace it to live here. If you're going to survive, you have to find a way to love it.
1: I suppose so. Well, yeah. Well, so thanks for giving us a little bit more uh, into your world and not just your world personally, but even just your world as you serve there at CCEF. And I was wondering if you would just maybe just tell the listeners a little bit more about how you actually got there. Like what for you personally got you interested in biblical counseling and what was your journey kind of into that?
0: Sure. I'll give you the short version, but with anything, feel free to ask more questions sure. if you you like. Um, the short version is I grew up the son of a seminary professor. My dad taught Hebrew and Old Testament at Westminster. So I grew up just down the street from CCEF. New people at CCEF, uh, David Pallison and Ed Welch mm-hmm. went to my church when I was growing up. Um, but I had no I had no plans to go into ministry. I didn't have a heart for, okay, you know, I'm going to figure out how to go into any of this. Um, got to college, got very involved with the Navigators. And uh, my junior years, I began to think like, okay, I'm getting this liberal arts education, but that's going to run out in a couple of years. And I need to figure out something to actually do with my life. What do I want to do? And I realized, you know, what I spend all my time outside of class doing is spending time with people talking about the challenges in life and connecting that to scripture. Maybe I should think about actually doing that with my life. And so I sat down with Ed Welch, my my spring break, my, my junior year and talked for about an hour. And I don't remember really a single thing he said from the entire (laughs) conversation. But I, what I remember vividly is that the very, uh, the, the end of the conversation was me saying, so let me see if I've got this straight. They, they pay you to do this stuff you're talking about. And he's like, yes. I said, great. I'm in. I want, uh, you are talking about the coolest job I can imagine. So I went to seminary at Westminster. I wasn't sure that counseling was the path. I thought about maybe going to pastoral ministry in the local church. Um, and uh but really my my counseling classes confirmed that that was where it felt like everything from the whole curriculum came together mm-hmm. uh, so for me it was you know i loved greek i loved hebrew i loved systematics and church history and biblical theology but it was it was watching it all undergird what happened in the counseling classes and the theology lived out in those contexts that i just said yeah that that's that's me. So I did an internship my last year at CCF, and uh, and that was the sort of final piece of okay. I actually like doing it. It's intimidating. It's hard, uh, but it's always fresh and it's always good, and I I love it.
1: Awesome. Well, that is great. I'm glad that you went that direction and and listened to the advice that you don't remember.
0: <laughs> That's right.
1: That is great. Yeah. And I think as we think about, um, you know, we've been sharing a lot about different. Um, organizations and ways that you can get trained. You shared a little bit about how you got trained. Tell us a little bit about CCEF specifically. So our listeners are, m- many of them are new to some of these, the alphabet soup, as we call it, of biblical counseling. So you've already told us what it stands for. Tell us a little bit about that organization and how people who might be interested in biblical counseling could potentially get, get training and, and so forth.
0: Yeah, sure. Well, like like any organization, we you know, it's, there's a long history of how we got here, and it might be I, I'd like to actually share just a, a touch of the history to help kind of give yeah, context for what we do now. For sure, um, because our, our training is actually right in the middle of a transition process, um, so it'll be easier to explain. So CCF started in 1968, and it started as basically the pastoral or practical theology wing of Westminster Seminary, moving into counseling and. Uh, a guy named Jay Adams, whom some of you may be familiar with, um, had this idea that the church should be doing pastoral care in in all contexts. That there's nothing that that went beyond Scripture's ability to bring life and hope and healing and wisdom and and power, and uh, that. Gave birth to the whole biblical counseling movement, and uh, and and so he and a man named uh, John Bettler founded CCF together. And and CCF since that time has been basically attempting to so say we we want to do um, we want to really engage well with the world and the culture around us, uh, without being uh, converted away from biblical counseling to it. We but we want to we want to engage at the highest level, and we want to think through and do rich training. And so for for years the um, the core of CCF's training was teaching courses at Westminster Seminary to graduate students, either MA or MDiv level. Um, there's actually, for a long time, there was also a doctor of ministry program. Uh, so, it was, you know, it was the, the context our training was born in was this graduate level education, in some cases, doctoral education, a billion pages of reading, you know, right. heavy, you know, heavy duty papers and that kind of stuff. And what happened over time was we had more and more people from local churches who weren't necessarily pursuing professional ministry or the pastorate or even vocational counseling saying, this is so life-giving and so rich, mm-hmm. and I I want this kind of training so people would start sitting in on classes. And over the last 15 years, we realized, hey, you can actually record these things, and that makes it possible for someone to have access when they're not in the room. And that gave birth to the whole online program, which is now The entirety of our program, Um, but but even in the way you hear me sharing that, what we what we found over time is that we were trying to give uh, graduate level training in some fashion to everybody and have that sort of you know 14 classes uh, and this is you know half of an MDiv kind of level Mm -hmm. or half of an MA at least level training be. What everybody needed. And so if you weren't necessarily looking for that, the answer was some version of like, well, take as much as you can. And so what we've done in the past couple of years is really take a hard look at our strategy and our sense of, of vision and, and mission and say, what, who are we really trying to serve and how? And so where we're, where we're at going forward is, um, we uh, we're actually shrinking and and really honing and narrowing and focusing our certificate program, mm-hmm. uh, so that it's it's really clearly tailored towards uh, who, the person I like to call the the engaged discipler
2: mm. in a
0: church. So there are two certificates CCF offers. The first one is um, uh, just consists of two courses, and, and the first course is uh, it's called the Dynamics of Biblical Change, and it basically addresses. What on earth actually happens in a human heart when somebody changes because of the power of the gospel? How how does that actually work, and how do you press into it? Mm-hmm. Uh, in a sense, it's not even a counseling class; it, it is a Christian life and growth class. And then the second class in that first certificate is is helping relationships. How do you actually talk to another person in a way that helps them connect to the Lord and and to change? Mm-hmm. Then we have a second certificate that adds a bit to that, um, and it's sort of the some of the key, you know, approach to Scripture, thinking about how does counseling work in the church, um, who are people, what is a biblical, rich, scriptural theology of the person, um, and, and uh, yeah, just a, a sense of how do we understand the very fundamental basics of what's going on. So, if you, have through the two certificates, I would say you are equipped to be helpful to any person in any context, no matter how deep the struggle, you'll have, gi- you have been given a framework that you can bring to any suffering, any struggle, any trial, any temptation of any life, and you will be able to, to bring something helpful. Are you fully equipped to be the point person leading the charge in every situation? Of course not. Mm-hmm. Uh, that That's not the goal. The goal is that you would feel like okay i at least have some sense of how to enter into any scenario because i've been given a framework right. that covers all of life then um we've uh, we've really um thought more about our masters program in counseling and that has uh, that has the full, you know, sort of 14 courses and a bunch of um theology and church history and stuff, such as well. So people have the, the foundation in counseling and the foundation in theology. And we're really ramping up um into that program, thinking okay, to to really produce people who can go into vocational counseling mm-hmm. um and have them feel confident that they can enter into deeper waters with a sense of I I might need to be the point person here. Um, we want to uh, we've added a few courses and we've really added uh, we're we're in the midst of adding a a much more robust hands-on practicum piece that we've never had before. So
1: that's great. That's that's in
0: partnership with Westminster Seminary. The certificates are just with CCEF. Uh, But in terms of our training, those are the two key pieces. And and we're really working on overhauling, upgrading quality, refilming everything, um, and uh, and structuring it so that it really serves vocational counselors well in the master's and the engaged discipler, the elder uh, in the uh, certificates. That's, That's really
1: amazing. Oh, yeah. Real quick. I just wanted to say my, my experience with that was I took dynamics. I remember taking dynamics a really, really long time ago. And uh, yeah, that class kind of changed my view of, like you said, discipleship, but even just my own heart. And that I think was a big thing. And I think most people will experience that it's like, I really had never looked at my heart like that before and it was, it was life changing for sure. Mm -hmm. So,
2: yeah, Yeah. well, and I just, I just want to share that CCEF has been such a huge, uh, influencer in my life and in our church. And that's one thing that I, I know you didn't mention this, but I'll just, I'll just plug a couple of things, uh, that CCEF does. The Journal of Biblical Counseling is something that you can subscribe to. It's a yearly subscription and it's so very affordable. And that has been a tool that our church and I, as a trainer of other counselors, have used over and over and over again to To just help us gain understanding and wisdom about various topics, and so it's very well written. It's put out quarterly, is that right, Alistair? Uh,
0: three, three a year, three
2: times a year. Okay, and it's uh, it's just wonderful. It's a wonderful tool in the hands of every church. And man, I I uh, sing the praises of the JBC everywhere I go, and people just wanting to have, you know, what do I do about self harm? What do I do if I have this person who's um, cutting, you know, like, and, and and struggling with eating and these things. And it's like, you can go and do a search on CCEF and find articles, podcasts, there's a podcast, um, blog posts, all of these things that are just a great, a great tool and a resource. And then also, uh, man, CCEF holds the f- my favorite conference that I ever go to, uh-huh. um, usually the, the the first or second week of October. I think this year it's the September 30th through October 2nd. Is that right? or the first you were on your game Beth <laughs> well, done. well it's because I'm talking about it to people all the time so now I'm just saying it here uh, but yeah CCEF and this year it's in Pennsylvania and um, we, we are going to put that in the show notes so uh, you can just get on CCEF and, and look it up but that is well worth your time effort energy and money uh, to go to a conference like that it's a great place to meet other believers that love the Lord and they're walking in in just faithful service and ministry a great networking opportunity and then one thing I love about the CCEF staff is they're just walking around like it's they ready to talk to you, answer questions. I've gotten to meet lots of wonderful people there as well. It's just a great community. So uh, it's amazing. And, and one thing I wanted to ask you, Alistair, is just how has your training, I mean, obviously you've used your training to become the director at CCEF, like you're there doing that work in ministry, but when you look at the day-to-day of just walking alongside people, which is what you were doing at the very beginning before you ever had any training. How has this training, how is it being used in the day-to-day for you with the people in your life, You as a church member, as a dad, uh, you know, all of these things, and, and just give us maybe a way in which you're noticing that your training has been useful and
0: is still useful every day. Yeah, I mean. I'm sure everyone in biblical counseling feels this way. There's just so many directions you could go with that. I think, I, I feel like I, so obviously there's counseling and I do that regularly. And that's, that's stuff that that is happening on a, on a weekly basis. Um, but I, your question seems is more, okay. In your own life, in your own world, outside of the work of counseling, I, I I feel like I have to start by saying the, the center point, I would, I would say where it plays out daily is it's just changed the way I pray. I I pray differently because of my training at, at CCF, and uh, I mean from the very first week of the very first class. Um, one of the things that uh, we have you do in, in the first class is read an article on on Psalm one nineteen, which is not anything anybody wants to read an article on. I mean the thing itself is basically an article. Um, and uh, it just it opened my eyes to to Psalm 119 in a way I had never ever thought about that Psalm. Uh, the, the title of the article is is uh, suffering in Psalm 119, which is just right there. You're like, it's not about suffering; it's about the Bible, and it has repeatedly good things to say about the Bible, and that's about it. And so, you read one stanza, you've kind of got the whole thing. And it just broke down my whole vision of that and 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 rebuilt me with a sense of just the sheer. Personalness of the relationship we are called to, with Christ Jesus, with with this the Spirit living in us and, and the the I you back and forthness that life is meant to be between us and the Lord. So I just, um, you know, when Paul talks about being be constant in prayer, um, I I, I used to hear that as a burden, as like, oh, I'm not praying enough, and 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 I feel like what biblical counseling did is it unlocked for me the understanding that constant prayer is just one of the greatest privileges and, and the only remotely reasonable, logical way to live one's life when you actually have that sort of connection to the Lord of the universe. So um, it's it's just changed who I am as a as a being and a creature relating to God and and praying. Um Overwhelmingly, my my most frequent prayer is two words, and it has helped me. Um, and learning that that was an appropriate uh, use of prayer was was very helpful. Um, in terms of interactions, uh, a church member, father, husband, that sort of thing, I think um, one thing it's it's done is it's made me more flexible. Uh, I think most of us prefer to have rules. Nobody likes having rules put on them, but most of us prefer to be able to craft rules for life. Where if I do this this is always what will happen. You know, I can be sure that if I say these words to you, you can't be mad at me. Um, Or, you know, if if I do this, then I can be sure that I've really forgiven you or you've really forgiven me or, you know, you will understand what I'm saying. And and it just doesn't work like that. And and a heart of love that really considers in each specific situation, what what is the good that I can give you? So when I think about my parenting, you know, I I think about uh i think about how often i'm i'm seeing some behavior in my kids and i'm i will sort of tend to come in with like oh i, I want to give more structure here and i want to help them grow and change and i need to see whatever and usually lauren will, will come to me with some like, just so you know she's really tired today or actually she had this really hard thing at school and i'm re- oh shoot again i was missing the suffering that's that's in at play here doesn't mean they don't need to grow and and change but but the um the nature of conversation with a child changes when you have compassion. That's not sort of just general. Well, I know it's hard, but you, you, you know them. And so slowing down to know your child, know in the sense of how was your afternoon um, has, has I think been a big thing. Um, I think moving away from rules in marital conversation has been, been a big piece of it too. I think I want to have, if we say it this way, um, then by definition, you know you you can't be upset about this, or I you know shouldn't be having to whatever, and just say no. It's I communication is designed to bless another person and to convey truth, and that, that there just aren't rules you can craft ahead, uh, which doesn't mean there aren't good guidelines and wisdom. And we're sort of we're we're believers in like you know anything you say after 10, 30 p.m. just probably not the best uh, <laughs> stuff to be leaning on heavily. Uh, I think about it in my men's group. Uh, I think even having a men's group is a product of being shaped by by biblical counseling and accountability that that says not just okay confess your sins and you know don't do it next week or whatever it's there's a just a, a love and a flexibility of hey h- how are you doing where's the yeah. cutting edge growth in your life how can we support each other and and just recognizing there's going to be an up and down yo-yo process to growth so yeah e- everywhere it's shaping.
1: And that, I think that's so important for, for people to hear, like, you don't have to have this plan to go into counseling to benefit from these types right. of, right. Uh, this type of training. It it really affects your whole, it, that's the same for my story. And I really love what you share. Just even that little tidbit about your, your wife saying, you know, she's tired today, recognizing her suffering, but also just recognizing her humanity. Like there's right. just parts of us that are frail. And that helped me as well to kind of move into like, Hey, this is just, this is just what it's like being human too. So Alistair, thank you so much for sharing so much about your journey and where people can get more training through CCEF. Again, take a look at our show notes for links for those things, the conference as well as just the uh, the organization itself. And speaking of humanity, we always like to end our time with what is often the most favorite part of these podcasts and just getting to know our guests a little bit more. Beth and I do this all the time. We share moments of humanity. Sometimes they're just reality checks for us and other times they're funny and we would just love it if you would be willing we did prepare you to to that we would ask this question and but we didn't you know we didn't know if you would say yes or no so would you be willing to just share a little bit something that just makes our listeners realize like yes this person is just human as well
0: Sorry, Eliza, you're breaking up. I think the connection is uh, going here. Wait, what was the? It looks like out of time. Yeah. yeah. No. I, sure. I, I mean, I'll, I'll give you uh, just one of those little moments that you uh, you go through and you're like, "Well, didn't see that one coming." Um, I, uh, I so. Uh, in the last two years, a lot of people have learned a lot about the pros and cons, the benefits and challenges of doing online counseling, mm-hmm. Zoom counseling, video counseling. Um, I've actually been doing it for more than a decade, um, and that was partly because the move to New Hampshire, you know, put me in a, a, a very rural spot, and so for various reasons, that's that's meant. There's some times when I've been online for for a long time uh, before Zoom even existed, to, if you can imagine such a thing. Um, But uh, I remember one particular time that I felt keenly like, this is not a problem I would have had on, on site. I was counseling uh, a young guy, probably in college. um, And we were working on Skype and uh, often you would, you would fire up your computer and I would would just be in a rush and I'd be in a hurry. And so I'm I'm opening my computer, booting up and opening up Skype and Skype sends you that little message. That's like, you know, updating Skype to new version. You're like, I just could could you have warned me. Like (laughs) I just need to get through like, I'm already running late for this guy. And I feel badly. And and so I, I don't know if I had to like click, like accept or whatever. So I, I'm trying as fast as I can, like fire up, get in the call. So I, I jump into the call and I can tell it looks, the whole interface looks a bit different and they've updated, who knows, whatever, you know, <laughs> well, um, awkwardly, um, apparently either I clicked this or they just did this for everybody. I don't know, but you know, you see yourself in the bottom corner of the screen. Yeah. Well, what it showed me of myself for some reason was it showed me my face, but instead of my face, it showed me this um, digitally concocted white avatar cat face, the pink nose and whiskers <laughs> that would like move its mouth in time to me. And I was like, I can't believe this is happening. Like, how am I going to get through a session with this guy? Like looking at myself, mouthing at me. I, it was back before you could even get rid of the little, you know, you screen, which I would have done in a heartbeat if I could. Oh, my goodness. So I soldiered through as best I could. And I, there's various times where you're like covering your mouth and trying not to laugh and you're trying to like seriously listen to another person. And the cat is like looking very seriously at him. You're like, <laughs> I just, anyhow. But so I make oh. it through almost the whole session, like suppressing my chuckles, like, you know, almost there. And, um, and and about the 45-minute mark, he he says, hey, just a quick question. Is there a reason that you have a, a white cat face as you're oh, no! I was like, well, you've been seeing this for the last 45 oh, minutes? No. I thought it was just me. So he went through an entire session with no reason given, sitting there looking at me, staring at him as a white cat face. And I just said, okay. Oh, my that is, goodness. Uh, that is a humbling experience and a total fail. And, <laughs> and Thank you, Lord, that you can work through digital cat avatars with pink noses.
2: That's amazing. I love that story.
1: (laughs) He was counseled by a kitten. That's great. (laughs) Maybe it really served him that day. Who knows? Oh, goodness. No no doubt. No doubt. Oh, wow. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. Yes, we've all had definitely moments since we've all been so thrown into this world of digital counseling and, and conferences and podcasting even. So thanks for sharing that. And I hope you all have enjoyed, Alistair. Thank you so much for being with us today. It was great to be able to have you share more. And this is the final of our series. So if you've missed any, we encourage you to go back and learn about some of the other organizations out there. But thank you again for listening to another episode of Council for Life.
0: Thanks for listening to Council for Life with Beth Broom and Eliza Huey. If you've been enjoying the podcast, please be sure to rate, share, and subscribe. And for more information, visit CouncilForLifePodcast.com.